Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, JP Presvento, starts right now. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the August edition of the EdTech Pod Squad. We're so excited to have you join us today for our back to school special where we talk a little bit about what we're all planning to do this school year. I am JP Presavento, one of your five co-hosts. You can connect with me on Twitter at JP Prez, and we're going to go ahead and whip around the room real quick and see who all's with us today. Hi, it's Samantha Hardesty-Knoll. I'm an instructional tech coach with the Winsville School District. You can reach me at TechKnoll. Uh, yo, everybody. I am Josh Howard. I am an uh, instructional tech coach in Fulton, Missouri, and uh, you can hit me up on the Twitters at Josh C. Howard. Hey, all. This is Erin Lawson. I'm the district tech coach in the Orchard Farm School District, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson3. Hello there, everyone, and I'm Jonathan Lee. You can find me on Twitter at jleetechpercent. I'm an instructional specialist with the METC, not METC, METC. And before we get going, I want to congratulate Erin for knowing her Twitter <laughs> handle today. She came on my <laughs> podcast a couple episodes ago and missaid her Twitter handle. Way to go, Erin. Like the entire time, yeah. <laughs> like five times in a row. <laughs> Jumping into what's new, we're going to um, head back over to Erin. Erin just got back from a really exciting trip as part of her doctoral studies. And Erin, why don't you share with us a little bit about your trip? Yeah, it was a really amazing experience. Uh, we, uh, My cohort, we got to travel to um, Auckland, New Zealand. And our purpose for being there was to uh, study the school system and you know how it's different from us here in the U.S., in the States, as we say. Okay. And so it was really a really neat experience um, to travel around to the different schools around that area and just see how things are different and how things are the same. Um, it was pretty cool. They had like a lot of uh, buildings that were uh, separated so the kids could just walk around outside. Uh, the teachers all had tea time in the morning and the afternoon. So they, it was, that was a really cool thing to see and drink that tea and eat the biscuits and all that kind of stuff. Um, kind of cool thing too in New Zealand, uh, they call themselves Kiwis and they call the kids young Kiwis and those kids would walk around barefoot. That was kind of one of the things that they just did. That's part of the culture. Um, they walked to school barefoot, did their entire day barefoot, and it was uh, it was really neat, kind of liberating, actually. So kind of cool. Um, so after the New Zealand experience, uh, we got to, we went over to uh, Sydney, Australia to check that out, too, since we were, you know, close by. And uh we uh, got to, I got to uh, present at um, a EdTech team summit that was happening there in Sydney. It was pretty cool that it was happening about the same time and it was neat. So I got to present on uh, just some Google form stuff, um, but it was kind of interesting being the one with the accent. It's <laughs> cool. Nice. So you were talking about some of the differences between school over in New Zealand, school here in the States, Aaron. Um, it sounds like it's kind of a bit more free and I'm based on the fact that no one wears shoes. I'm, I'm guessing it's not quite as structured. Are there any other kind of glaring differences in the instruction that you see there compared to what you see over here? 
Absolutely. Yeah, they had, so the, they had these classrooms that were big, um, opened up, airy, like they could open right up to the outside. And kids would come in in the morning and they would basically reflect on what it is that they need to learn about that day. And then they could just move around to any classroom that they wanted to and talk with any of the teachers that they needed to. And it was just a very free, open concept for them to just um, that student agency piece was the big was the big piece there in New Zealand. And um, yeah, and I mean, they had devices, you know, talking about technology, since this is a tech, you know, we are the tech pod squad, you know, they had they had technology, they had Chromebooks, they had iPads, they had all that kind of stuff. Um, and you would just see them pulling them out, using them, putting them away whenever they felt that they needed it. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else, too. There was just a lot of really cool stuff. I, the whole thing with the morning tea was absolutely amazing to me because the teachers would all go inside into these amazing teachers lounge area and they would they would be in there and about 250 something kids would be outside barefoot climbing the trees, climbing all over the buildings, going into the library if they needed to check out a book, which is all completely run by students as well. And um, maybe one or two adults were outside watching the kids and it was just, yeah, it was just a very free open. It was just kind of amazing to see. That is so cool. Sounds like um, over there, there's a lot more ownership put on the kids. Absolutely. Definitely. And oh my gosh, and the flexible learning spaces. Um, it was, it was really neat to see all of that too. And I've, they've, they've been doing that for like eight something years already, the flexible learning spaces. They, all of the schools were completely done like that too. So it was neat to see that. Very cool. So Jonathan, um, I know you guys have some pretty cool stuff going on over at METC right now. You want to share some of the work you guys have going on with the ISTE standards? Yeah, so last week we just finished our first cohort of the ISTE standards uh, training, and so it's pretty exciting. We had 30 people uh, from really all over. Uh, we had some from um, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Colorado, California, Japan. Um, it was pretty sweet. Uh, one person even left their family vacation down at Siesta Key, um, and because it was like a seven-day vacation, and, and this training was right in the middle. So she left uh, in the middle of the vacation, came to the training, and then went back to the Siesta Key after the training was over. So um, talk about dedication. Um, the, the participant we have from Japan works for the Department of Defense on a, a military base. And so she incorporated this into their family vacation. It's a month long. And so um, it was pretty cool to have that. So just to have all those voices in the room. Um, went really well, as far as we can tell, for the first one out the gate. Um, we were all kind of nervous of how that was going to be, being the first one, but it's pretty – went really well, and we just started the online portion. So there is a two-week – sorry, two-day in-person, um, and then there's eight weeks online uh, that they have to complete. So it's like a, almost like a full uh, college course. Um, uh, my coworker correlates it to the national board certification type stuff. And so it's, it's really neat that it's not about one particular tool. It's not really about the tools at all. It's about the good teaching um, and making sure that you're um, pedagogically correct and you're doing things that um, are good for students and, and design thinking stuff and, and everything like that. So it's not like, Oh, are you using this tool here? Or are you using that tool there? It's, it's so um, it's, it's really, it's really, um, it's really good time. 
Cool. So what kind of stuff do you, do you guys do? I don't know how much you can tell us, you know, before we um, may, may or may not register for some ISTE standards training, Josh, but like, what do the uh, two days look like? Like, what, what do you spend your time on? Is there a lot of collaborating? There, there is. Um, so we spend, um, we tell, depending on where you are tech-wise, um, where you are within your uh, comfort level as a teacher and, and everything like that, it, it may not be a lot of new information. Um, you know, we talk about uh, SAMR, we talk about TPAC, we talk about uh, UBD, we talk about um, uh, lesson planning, we talk about integration overall. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that we do, curating resources, stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of stuff like that, but we, we do try to do as many group projects as we can and get to know different people because um, it's really, I mean, technically it's two days, but it's technically only a day and a half. Um, because we've built it to where we don't start till 10 on the first day because we have people drove one uh, couple drove in from Hudson, Kansas, you know, so it's an early morning for them or some flew in um, the first in the morning. So try to save on costs because it is a pricey um, certification. So it's not like a, a Google certification or anything like that. that you can just pay 25 bucks or a hundred bucks for the admin and, and you're done, but it's, it's, it's um, a little more on the expensive side, but it's going to be, um, I mean, if you relate it to a college course, it's like you're taking a college course. I mean, that, that's what the certification is. And it's not, um, uh, so, you know, so yeah, we do a lot of uh, group work, uh, a lot of hands-on activities. And then a lot of that just kind of relates to what you're going to be doing the following eight weeks within courses. Uh, the eight week courses, the, there are two week sections. They revolve around key topics like, um, structural design, um, uh, character, um, digital citizenship, um, different ways to assess students and um, thinking about access for all and uh, that kind of thing. So you'll have, there's assignments and discussions and, and stuff like that. And so some of them take a long time. Some of them are not as long. It's just, um, it's, 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 it was a lot of work. It was great. But then you have your sort of your portfolio after that. Uh, so after your eight weeks are done, you're not finished. You have to turn in a portfolio with, with uh, nine to 14 artifacts um, that hit on 25 different standards or criteria. Um, and they're, they're the SD standards for education basically is what they are. And uh, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. I just submitted mine last week actually. So I'm excited to see what kind of feedback I get to be um, officially have that badge and see what that means. But um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I felt lucky because at Brentwood where I worked, we had to have a, a portfolio. Um, we had to have one that had, 14 to 18 artifacts over seven different standards that the district had laid out. And so I was kind of used to that, but I mean, just setting it up from the start, it was just a lot of, a lot of work. And to think that 14 artifacts had hit 25 different criteria was a lot of bouncing around and making sure everyone was covered. So it was kind of, it was, it was pretty neat. Awesome. Great. I'm really excited to hear, you know, continue to hear about the ISTE standard certification as this first cohort moves its way through the blended learning. And I know I have a teacher who's in there right now. So I'm really excited yeah. to hear kind of her take on it. Vicky. Yep. Vicky, <laughs> who's also a, an METC spotlight educator. She sure is. Really excited when I saw that email. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, the heads she up. She was with us all week. She was an METC rock star that week, man. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to jump on into the coach's corner now, and Sam is going to share a little bit about some exciting PD that's been going on in the Wentzville School District. Yeah, thanks, JP. Yeah, so we are, we have four more days of PD. So we have a total of 20 days over the summer 
that my other tech coaches that we provide PD for our teachers, which is uh, makes for a busy summer. But one of our favorite classes this summer has been, um, we did one called Geo on Main Street. And this is a class that we've done for a couple of years. In the last couple of years, we were actually in downtown St. Louis and we take our teachers down to downtown St. Louis. Um, and this year, we decided to uh, move it to Main Street St. Charles, just because we have a really strong partnership with Lindenwood and that's who provides um, some of our graduate hours for our teachers. So we have a great partnership with them. So it was great because we took our teachers down to Main Street and they do a scavenger hunt uh, where they rely on different geo tools. And they do that in teams for about an hour and a half and teachers get pretty competitive when uh, they have when there's, when there's a prize at stake. So there were some grandma cookies at stake. And so our teachers got to experience, you know, some of the culture, some of the history of downtown St. Charles, which is, is very unique. And then we went over to Lindenwood and Lindenwood opened up um, a space for us to be able to continue our teaching. Uh, so we were able to then take the teachers and then really break down like Google Earth and Expeditions and Google's new tour creator. Um, and one of the, a couple of the highlights were that we got to meet with the president of Lindenwood and he came and talked to our teachers about their learning, which was um, a nice surprise. And then we also had some geography professors that joined us that were, that it was neat to just have that extra conversation about what our teachers are learning and what geo tools they're using and then how they are um, using that at the university level for students going out um, into the real world. And uh, it was kind of fun because Amanda was down um, downtown and she was using, she was drinking some coffee waiting for everything to start. And she ran into um, a, a gentleman who thought she worked for Google because she had all of her Google stuff on. Uh, so that was great. And he actually works for um, a firm that deals completely with all of the geography and geography tools. So that was nice to make those connections too. So it was a neat, it was a neat day for sure. That was very cool. It sounds like an awesome day at PD. I think I told you a few times, Sam, that I was jealous about that one and I would have loved to be able to make it down there. Yeah, it's a great time. So we're going to jump on in now to our featured content for this episode. So as we record today, it's August 3rd, and I know all of us have been doing some PD over the summer, but we're all ready to jump in to the beginning of the school year. And as we get in the beginning of the school year, you know, we all have our, have our goals for the year, and we wanted to take a couple minutes and talk about what we're hoping to accomplish with this school year. Um, so I'm going to just kind of run down the line and start with Sam again. And so we can share. Well, you're, you're the first on my list. Um, <laughs> and I just want to hear what everyone's goals are for the year and kind of what we're focusing on as we head back to school for, for nine more months of excitement. So um, once again, Wentzville uh, continues to hold their title as the fastest growing district. Um, this summer, we've heard that we're adding 50 students a day, which is which is remarkable. So right now our goal is to find space for all these kiddos. Um, from the technology department though, we've got, some, we've got some great things coming down the pipe this year. Uh, our middle school is going one-to-one. -one, so we're expanding our access initiative. We've been one-to-one -one at the high school level for um, about eight years. And this year we're expanding that down to seventh and eighth grade. So that's, that's uh, probably the biggest piece of our plate right now. 
Um, but really, when I'm thinking about what we're focusing for this year, you know, we've got some, some big initiatives rolling out. But really, for me, uh, the focus is, is our people and just developing our people. And I know innovation can happen in a lot of different ways and spaces and places. But really, I think the most important piece of that is just um, our people. And so really working with, we all have new schools that we're working with, so really developing those relationships and, and finding those pockets of innovation and, and uh, being support for those teachers is really what my main goal is for this year. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really big job, Sam. You're um, jumping in with new schools and new grade levels. Like, do you have any strategies in mind, like ways that you're going to try and build, build up some of those relationships or tackle some of those new grade levels that maybe you're not used to working with? Uh, really breaking down our district, just the size, the sheer size of our district, the biggest piece is breaking it down and finding, um, you know, kind of like finding, finding your tribes inside of it. So we have a couple of cohorts that we work with throughout the school year, and those are always good places for us to find connections um, so that, you know, being with a, a large high school, and I'll be with six schools next year, and um, two of them will be brand new to me. So having people that I work in small groups with kind of just gets my foot in the door with the other teachers of how, um, how I can help them and how I can support them. Awesome. Definitely being able, having those cohorts you work with helps out so much. Mm -hmm. Um, moving on down the line, Josh, what do you have going on this year? What's your goal? Um, we got a lot of irons in the fire in Fulton this year. Um, among some of our, more noteworthy projects we are implementing uh, we wrote a grant um, last spring to get a new computer science curriculum that we're going to be implementing at our middle school so we're totally redesigning with the way that computer science looks for our district we're going to start at the middle school and we're going to kind of work that up but it's through uh, code hs code high school and um, all of the um resources. We've done a bunch of training this uh, summer with our teaching staff. So we're looking to implement that and to do move beyond like surface level, like what we've been doing with like keyboarding and some of the basic digital citizenship stuff. We actually want kids to have um, some, a little more serious computer science instruction, which we haven't done a whole lot of in our, in our district. Uh, and the, the next thing that we're doing is at our high school, we're implementing a program for uh, news and film. So we're going to actually have a kind of a studio this year where kids can come and they will be uh, creating, we're going to have like a news program. They're going to be able to edit like short films and projects that they're working on on their own. So that's like the other big thing is getting the technology in order for that, getting staff ready to use that stuff, and then building up expectations for how students will be able to access that. So, I mean, those things are uh, ha have been pretty big and pretty challenging. So it all seems like it's um, the pieces are all in place, but you know how it goes once the year starts and kids start accessing that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be the real challenge is to keep teachers fired up about it. Make sure that it's not something that we did a whole bunch of set up on and it doesn't just kind of fall by the wayside. Um, and then we also were doing a, uh, a couple of Google certification cohorts, which is something new for us. We've never, we've, we've never done training and testing for the Google certifications. We've always supported teachers in doing that, but we've never done the training, done the testing um, in cohort groups where teachers are working together on that. So we just uh, worked through our first uh, set and we're looking forward to uh, having our first 
graduated class of uh, Google level one teachers coming out. Um, we have some of them testing today. So hopefully I hear about how they did here pretty soon. Oh, that, that's exciting. I tell you, that's one of my favorite things is not the whole testing day, but the end of the Google level one testing day. Yeah. When teachers see that they pass the test, they get ridiculously excited. Very it's pumped. Awesome. Very pumped. Yeah. So what do you guys, um, you said you guys have a new computer science curriculum in middle school? Yeah, yeah. What do you guys go with for that? So we're using Code High School, um, and that's a, if you just go to Code High School, I think it's .org, I can't remember the website right off the top of my head, but um, what they do is they, it's kind of all-inclusive on their website, Um, oh, sorry, it's CodeHS.com, I just looked it up, Um, but uh, they put out a thing in Missouri um, this spring, and it was for rural school districts, and so you could apply and so we applied because we kind of fit into that. It's to emphasize uh, computer science and computer programming um, instruction at rural school districts. So we don't have a ton of access to stuff like that. But what it is is like um, you get the teacher gets the kids on the website, and it kind of looks like something like Khan Academy where you kind of work through modules one on one. But the teacher is the one who is designing the instruction from available modules. So they'll pick what the kids want to work on, and then they will all kind of work together through those modules together uh, as part of their lessons. And so all the stuff they're making and the coding and creating all happens on the website. And then by the end, um, they, they are then able to design a code in Java, code in Python, like whatever it is that, that, that those um, different modules focus on. Oh, that's awesome. Very, very cool. So you guys, you guys have a lot going on over in Fulton. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably too much, but we're, <laughs> we're really excited about this year. It's going to be a big turning point year for technology in our district, I think. Good stuff. Aaron, what do you have going on over in, over in Orchard Farm this year? Oh, I've got a whole list of things. Look at this. I've got this like huge pink paper sitting in front of me with this big old list. Yeah, you got your list? <laughs> well, um, so one of the things uh, we were doing in our tech committee our district tech committee, we're focusing on digital citizenship and we want to make sure that we have a um, solid plan that we know of, that our teachers know about, that our library, you know, library media specialists know. We want to just see and um, make sure that the plan is set for K-12. We really want to see what that looks like. Does it build on itself? Things like that. So we're working on that um, within our tech committee. And myself, uh, personally, I want to keep reading more about just leadership and the the why, the reason behind the things that we do, and um, just some really like unique professional development um, ideas. I want to just keep searching for really kind of cool ways to do professional development. And um, I don't know, some other things too. I know that you guys are probably the same way. Like, do you, you know, we, when you're done with your school year, you reflect on what went well, what didn't, what do you wish that you would have done better, things like that. And reflecting on this past school year, I felt like I almost went too heavy on presenting everywhere else. But then within my own school district, I felt like I didn't do enough, like, workshops and after school small little workshops and things like that from my own teachers and I thought about it and I was like okay that's something I really need to do better for the following year so I, I want to do better about doing a lot more small little workshops after school for my teachers in Orchard Farm. That's good that's good stuff Aaron you know it's 
it's really interesting. I feel like sometimes we, like, at least I know I get caught up and I love the idea of going and presenting out at other schools. Like I'm really excited about um, maybe getting an invitation out to Orchard Farm in a couple months. I don't know. Um, and, you know, going out to schools and getting to talk about what I'm doing and what we're doing in Fox. And, you know, that helps me be a better, uh, be a better presenter and all that stuff. But then I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we have to kind of hang out at home and make sure we're making it worth our, worth our while at our homeschools too. Exactly. Jonathan, what's going on with you and Ed Plus? Oh man. Uh, well, I didn't, I wasn't having a list, but since you guys had one, I figured I'd better as well go ahead. And I have no list. I have a list. So, um, well, you know, it, the last two showed me up. So, you know, uh, anyway, we got a lot going on. So we are working on, um, on METC. We're working on creating more partnerships with organizations, um, companies, to kind of provide um, more opportunities for our members, for our, our region. Uh, so we've been working and having conversations with like Apple. Um, and so we're excited to have. Um, What's Apple? What is that? Huh? What is Apple? What is that? What is that? Well, I think it's oh, a, wow, a medium-sized company. Louder? Can you say that louder, please? I thought you could recorded. Yeah, am I hearing this right? Is uh, Jonathan talking about a partnership with Apple? happy to know that I do have oh, a review. So, you know, they're being recycled at our office, and so oh, I always feel bad. I just saw bad. a pig fly by my window. <laughs> I always feel bad when tech sits on a shelf, so uh, I don't let oh, things wow. sit on the shelf, even when it's an apple. Uh, it actually makes a really good paperweight. Um, so, but no, it, no, we're working, we're working with them and we're really excited to actually, they're going to bring in some, um, some speakers for us. Um, I can't go in too in depth cause that's all going to come out, um, uh, with our marketing department, but we are going to have, I think last year we had at METC, we had like one Apple session. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's a shame cause I, yes, they do make good products. You know, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but, um, you know, just our region is so Google focused right now. And when we rely on our region to provide the workshops or provide the sessions that we, you know, we, we take what we get. Right. Um, and so we're excited that we're pretty sure that we're going to have at least uh, 12 to 15 dedicated Apple sessions um, wow. as a minimum. Uh, and so that's pretty exciting. And we actually had a meeting today with Microsoft to also bring in more Microsoft sessions as well. I think last year we had one or two on um, different Microsoft products. So um, hopefully have a more well-rounded um session grid instead of just uh google stuff because you know again a lot of our people that submit proposals which if you want to submit a session proposal it's still open for at least about another month i believe it is maybe five weeks um our workshop proposal just closed uh last week was it september 18th september 18th yeah so you got about a month and a half six weeks i haven't submitted anything yet yeah so you've got um the sessions are open uh, poster sessions are open if you have any idea for like playgrounds or panels that you want to throw out there we're looking to kind of really um, expand our availability and what we have options you know but it's always up to what we get um, you know we can't um, provide something we don't have access to so um, obviously we continue our partnership with discovery ad so we're gonna work on having our discovery ad days um, we just finalized a partnership with wonder workshop so dash and dot and um, their new robot called Q. So they had a real big push for their online curriculum and courses. Um, and so our deal with them, and as, as a partner with them, any member or of METC, I mean, I think it's an METC member or somebody lives in Missouri. I might just be a Missouri thing. I'll have to, we just finished it last week. Um, if you 
sign up for a workshop, which is $125, you get a dash for included in that. Um, if you sign up for a Q workshop, it's $150, you get a Q included for that. Um, and so typically a Q is $200 and a dash by itself is $150. So you get a savings, but you get a online course and, um, and everything. So it's pretty neat and I can't believe someone's actually calling my house, but, um, and so <laughs> no one even knows that number, but, uh, anyway, so we've got that going on and let's see what else this did sit digital citizenship days coming up. We've got, um, the big national, uh, day is coming in on a Saturday and then ours is going to be on the Friday beforehand. So it's going to be a big two day event. And then of course we've got our long-term academies. Uh, we are partnering with South central RPDC and Rala and I'm going to be doing a Mo Google Academy down there that I also do here in uh, St. Louis. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, a lot going on down there. Yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah. 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 So, but a lot going on. And then all we got those ISTE standard certifications. You know, we're going to do uh, them every eight weeks um, because of the eight week online. Uh, we've got 20, I think, out of 30 filled for September. Um, we've pretty much got next June full. I think teachers really like the idea that it's in summertime because of the eight week commitment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing those and then we've gotten a lot of requests from six different states to come and partner with their regional, uh, centers to provide AC standard certification there. So maybe we do a little travel and we'll see. So just a little bit going on. Just Lots of bit. stuff going on for Jonathan. Yeah. Med Plus. Yeah. He didn't even have a list. He just had that in his head. I had a list. I had to make the list. I had, I had to make it your turn, JP. So thinking about my goals for this year, um, I have a couple things that um, I'm kind of thinking about and really wanting to improve. I've had a tech, um, we've called it the feet over in Fox, the Fox EdTech advisory team for the last couple of years. And, you know, after doing a bit of talking with Aaron, um, you know, I, I knew I kind of needed to make a change to that team. And one of my goals for this year is to totally revamp what that team looks like and turn it from um, an advisory team who just kind of gives input and, you know, they helped us did a lot of work when we picked out our new uh, teacher laptops, uh, but that, you know, that purpose kind of isn't really there anymore. So now we're really looking at how we can make that team a team of technology leaders. Um, we're going to, you know, and again, Aaron knows this, so I'm not telling her anything she doesn't know. We're going to kind of take a page out of Aaron Lawson's playbook and um, focus on how we can be, how we can present high quality PD. We're going to talk a little bit about digital citizenship and kind of figure out what our current reality is with digital citizenship and how we can develop something um, that impacts every student, every classroom, every grade level. And so, you know, our teachers realize that digital citizenship isn't the job of the technology teacher that we don't have. Instead, digital citizen, teaching digital citizenship is everyone's job. And that's a huge goal of mine this year. Um, one other thing I'm working on and another big goal of mine is to really increase the number of digital resources our teachers have access to. And our, you know, I work in the curriculum and instruction department, and we've been talking a lot about, um, my boss loves to say, um, digital e-learning resources, and he, he talks about a lot of text sets. So we're starting to get a lot of um, resources for our kids to be able to read as part of inquiry units, but we don't have a lot that our kids can use to actually create content outside of writing papers. So we're really, I'm really trying to look at how we can get a little additional hardware, whether it's some iPads, um, whether it's something to create video content with, you know, I, I really, I'm looking to explore that so we can give our kids more options to create 
more content this year. Now, if my teachers are listening, I don't have anything for your classroom right now, but that's definitely a goal for this year to see what we can get pushed out to teachers and kids. You mentioned inquiry, JP. That reminded me of something else that um, from the whole New Zealand part, that was something that the kids that they had every single day was inquiry time. And they had, um, there were six units and the entire school would focus on one unit like how, I don't, the, the world I live in or something like that. And so the kids could just look at that and go, you know what, I think I want to learn more about oceans. And then they would go deeper into it and be like, I want to learn more about how plastic bottles are affecting the, you know, the oceans and all that kind of stuff and the animals that live there. And so they would spend then all of this time working, doing inquiry every single day on these huge projects. And then they would present to their parents at the end of each semester or whatever like that. So it was, it was a really cool experience to see those kids do that. That's very cool. Yeah, as we revise curriculum in Fox, we're really trying to make all of the curricula we write um, really focus around that inquiry model and putting our kids in the driver's seat of kind of saying, you know, we know this is the concept, this is the power standard, but what do you really want to learn about that hits, the, hits that standard? So every kid leaves school being an expert in something that they really love. That's kind of our big, you know, big picture idea. All right, so that kind of wraps up our goals for the year. Does anybody have any other thoughts on um, goals for the year and kind of what you're trying to accomplish or what you hope to accomplish for you and your teachers before we move on? Um, just for me in general, um, I'm looking for, and if you have any ideas on anything like this, feel free to contact me, but um, what are some ways that we can move away? And just kind of going back to what you said, JP, but um, – my biggest struggle is finding how we can get students to have freedom to create things and be creative with things, but fit that inside of all of our standards and curriculum. And so that's always my struggle is that I am this really um, flighty, cool, do fun stuff guy in my district. People always think that, but then I always, the criticism I always get from searching out all these cool opportunities is, well, I can't ever teach that way. So trying to marry those two things. How can I do all this cool stuff with my kids, but also make it like where teachers think it's useful or beneficial or even relevant to the things that they're doing in the classroom. That's a big, a big thing for me this year. You know, one thing we talk about, and I work with, I'm working with a curriculum group right now. Where we're having a discussion about this and, you know, we talk about some of the cool things that we create, but how they all need to kind of tie into an academic product. So one thing we say, you know, as we look at our curriculum cycle and our curriculum looks like um, four to six units um, throughout the year, they're all thematic. Um, they're all abstract. And at the end of the unit, students are going to create a product and it has to be an academic product. It's either going to be a narrative, an argument or an informational piece. You know, so if, our, if your kids are doing something cool with coding or with robotics, they can do that. But then we also want to throw in so who's our audience that we're going to create for? So maybe do I need, maybe I'm going to make a documentary that documents my progress through creating and coding this robot. And I'm going to explain, you know, here I learned about this. I, I read this article that taught me this, that helped me do this with my robot. You know, maybe they're making a little documentary using WeVideo that shows their progress. Or maybe they're arguing that, you know, they're going to learn about some uh, robotics concept and maybe they're going to argue that I think we're taking robotics too far. That's going to overtake, you know, the human race or whatever the case may be. But like the thing, the conversations that we have in Fox is that all our work needs to be rooted in that we have an argument, 
an informational piece or a narrative piece that doesn't have to always be a kid taking pencil to paper, but it should be, there should be that element to everything that we do that grounds those, you know, those fun activities in an academic product. Does that make any sense? Or do oh, I yeah, sound too, I too central office I mean, totally makes sense to me. And I think, so the way that I take that is what we need to start doing is stop looking at like a technology project is like, Oh, Hey, it's Friday. Let's do technology or ho. Um, you know, we worked really hard on this. Let's all take our, do, put our computer lab time and, you know, make a how tune or, you know, whatever. But instead when we're planning, think of, okay, what are the natural ways that technology can integrate into this? What are ways that we can challenge our kids to be documenting their learning with technology? Not necessarily, okay, what's the technology cherry on top, but how is technology part of the fabric of the project or the lesson or the unit? And I, I think what my struggle is, is how, how do I make teachers understand when they're planning, hey, here's something to consider. You broke up for me. I, I don't know if oh, everyone sorry. else caught that. Just like, hey, here's something to consider. How about this? Um, how about thinking about how you can use this new software, or this new program as part of the unit, not as the thing that you're going to do whenever you're done with all the actual like school or actual school work that you think you have to do in your class. That that's the, that's the way I think of it. I, I, you know, I try not to talk about technology as, you know, I'm going to do a thing and the thing's going to be, we're going to code a robot. The thing is I want to learn about motion and I'm going to use this robot to help me learn about motion. All right. So now I just got to figure out how we do that. Yeah. And, and as soon as you do that, let, we'll write, let's write a book. I'm, I'm gonna, let's oh, go yeah, on a I tour. Say, I will, uh, yeah. I'll be selling that at the next uh, METC conference. We'll do a couple of keynotes. <laughs> I like it. I, I tell you, a lot, a lot of that will be solved if the state of Missouri can actually get behind the ISTE standards, quite honestly. I mean, because the standard you're talking about is um, we provide different ways to assess our students' proficiency. Um, so it's not paper to pencil every single time. It is okay. How, so how are they coding a robot? How what how are they, what standards are we assessing when they do that? So it's, it is from a very standards focused um, point of view. And so um, not saying that you have to go through the certification, but just pulling up those standards themselves, it lends themselves to our state standards, and so they really work well together. Jonathan, I think just teachers need to be more aware of what those standards are and, yep. and are they incorporating that in their, in their daily lessons? I, you know, sometimes I think those standards are very hidden and only um, part of what we do as ed tech coaches or ed tech specialists instead of it being, you know, part of every teacher's knowledge base that that's what we're looking to achieve. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Jonathan's right on with it, though, but it can't just come from us. It's got to be more of a, like, official understanding or recognition of the importance of those skills and those standards. And, I mean, if you were, for my district, as an example, nothing against my district, but the people in my central office have no idea about the ISTE standards. They probably know they exist, but I'm not going to be able to waltz into some curriculum meeting and be like, okay, can we add a box on our curriculum design right page where we're putting the they look at me like I had three eyes so how do like it's a cultural thing that hopefully in time the attitudes towards that can change a little bit yeah, I absolutely. think one of the simple ways to address it and I saw it, I 
I'm stealing this um, from my friend Mike McCann, but I, I think one of the simplest ways to to address it is just anytime I do a workshop, you know, if I'm doing a workshop on telling your story with we video to you know, at the beginning or at the end, say these are the ISTE standards we addressed as teachers or for our students. Um, and just kind of put that in, just tuck that little language in there and sneak it in for our teachers to see like these are addressing these standards. Um, cause I don't, I don't, I know we don't reference them near enough. So I just want everybody to know on my list, I'm adding reference ISTE standards during <laughs> workshops yeah. because I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I never do that. <laughs> so right. I mean, I think just, it's super smart. Just so our, just help our teachers like, hey, and our instructional it? staff develop a little bit of literacy and just knowing what that is because they yes. don't. They don't know that that's right. stuff doesn't happen in college and it's not a big part of what's happening outside of like uh, Sam said, what we're, what we're already talking about. So we have to be the ones who push similar similar to what sam said like last last year i did a um a coding workshop and it was a it was a full day workshop so i did three different lessons and i did them the quote-unquote old way with books and uh paper and pencil you know the way that i did it when i was teaching in the classroom um but then i also then i took that and said okay here's the same lesson but with some text actually some coding aspects to it so here's how we can still integrate coding and still accomplish our goals and our standards that we want. Um, and so they saw them side by side and like, well, that's actually not that hard. Um, and so that we only had nine people in there, but they were all kind of like, that's actually really easy to do. And I think the kids really get involved in that. So helping them see that. Yeah, actually I do a lesson like that. Cause it was for kindergarten through third grade teachers. So I knew kind of, I did one for each grade level, I believe maybe not kindergarten. That's out of my realm. But, um, uh, you know, I did, I did a, a grade level a lesson for each grade level and it really helped them see that difference um, and how easy it is to make that shift too. My friend uh, Mindy Botkin and I were always talking about this um, with uh, talking about future ready stuff too, because we're like, we, we, don't, we don't want our teachers to think that it's an extra thing to do or this is an extra thing for them to focus on. And we find that when we're having conversations with our teachers and they're telling us about a lesson that they've done or something, we're like, you know, that is, that's this future ready piece right here. That's this ISTE standard right here. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that I was even doing that. Like, yeah, you're already doing a lot of these things um, within your classroom and with your lessons. But here, here they are. <laughs> They're listed out right here that you are actually doing them. Awesome. That's all good stuff. So looking at the time, we're getting kind of close to wrapping it up here. Um, so we had a great discussion about, about our goals for the year. And I think this turned into a really good side conversation. Had I known this, we could have focused the whole, right. the whole episode around um, standards and curriculum, right? Maybe that's a, an episode for the future. There's an episode. episode. Uh, Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So as we wrap things up, I, first I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Um, we're going to wrap around the room one more time and remind you all how you can get in touch with us. I am JP Presveno, Instructional Technology Coordinator in the Fox School District. You can connect with me on Twitter at JP Prez or my website, jpprez.com. Sam? Yeah, and I'm Sam Hardesty-Knoll, Instructional Coach for the Wentzville School District, and you can connect with me at TechKnoll. I'm Josh Howard. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Josh C. Howard and my website, joshchcoward.com. 
Hey, I'm Erin Lawson, a district tech coach, Orchard Farm School District, and Erin underscore Lawson3 on Twitter, and I got it right this time. That's right. <laughs> Way to go, Erin. Good job. Jonathan Lee, uh, instructional coach with METC, and at Twitter, at JLeeTech%. Um, follow me on there. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next month. Peace. This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We'll see you next month for more sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, JP Presaventer. <laughs>